0: So he's asking Peter, he's saying, Peter, I don't understand this. You, you mean you couldn't even pray one hour? That's all I'm asking for, Peter, is just one hour here. Could you not have given me one hour? And then it says, look at uh, verse uh, 41. He says, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time saying the same words then he came to his disciples and said to them are you still sleeping and resting in other words in my deepest darkest moments of my life when i needed you more than anything all i asked for was one hour that's all i wanted was one hour of your time and you thought rest was more important now, you say, well, he didn't say that. You're right, but I, I, we don't know every word that he said because I, I don't know that Matthew put every word in there. Matthew was way over there with the other disciples. I'm sure there might have been a lot more words said from Jesus. He was frustrated. Here he was in this moment that he needed them. He needed them to pray with him, to weep with him, to understand with him to be in this moment with them, and they couldn't even give him that. And then he says, Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And at this moment, he's gathered up all the disciples, and he said, Look, here he comes. But look closer at verse 40. We talked about this. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, he pointed Peter out. out of There was three disciples there. Peter, James, and John were right there. And, and he pointed Peter out. And he said, Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Now, why does he single Peter out? Could it be that he saw greater potential in Peter than any of the other disciples? Could he have seen some leadership potential in Peter that he knew that Peter was going to be the guy to carry on this course after he was leaving? Jesus knew that he was going. Jesus knew that he was going to die. Jesus knew that he was not going to be here any longer to continue to lead him. Maybe he knew there was something special in Peter. Maybe he knew that Peter was going to be the one to carry on the mission that he had started. And so in this time, his time of need, as he's asked them, please keep watch and pray with me. He didn't say, hey, y'all sit here and take a nap. It'll be all right. I'll come back in a minute and then we'll get out of here. No, he's asking them, please pray with me. I'm sorrowful, even unto death. He's telling them, "I'm, I'm feeling it. My time is coming to an end. I need you to pray with me during this deepest, darkest moment of my life. Something's about to happen to me, and I need you to pray. And he says, pray with me, and leaves them. And then when he comes back, and he's like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) Peter, I just wanted one hour. That's all I asked you for was one hour. Could you not have given me one hour? hour I can see him looking at Peter maybe tears in his eyes just begging pleading Peter I just I just wanted the one hour that's that's all I was asking for you know maybe Jesus has come to you today maybe he's come to you during this time and, and maybe he's asking you Do you have an hour to spare? Do you have one hour to spare in your week? Now, I know there's 24 hours in a day, and I didn't do the math prior to this, but I don't know, 24 times 7, that's a lot of hours. What, two days is 48? And I could go on, but I'm not, you're going to embarrass myself, so we'll just leave it there. And we'll just... We know that it's a lot of hours. Right? There's a lot of hours. And Jesus is just saying, can you give me one hour? One. One hour. He's not even necessarily, I don't even know that he's necessarily looking for us to have one hour in an entire day. But could we just spare one hour? You say, yeah, but he was talking to the disciples. Yeah, but Jesus probably knew that 2,000 years from that moment, we would be talking about that moment and maybe he's speaking that to all his followers all his believers could you just give me one hour could you spare one hour that's all i'm asking for you know and you look at the disciples and they had no clue what he was going through they hadn't read the bible like we have They didn't know that at that moment, they didn't know that Jesus was going to be betrayed. They didn't know at that moment that that Jesus was going to be beaten. They didn't know at that moment that Jesus was going to have a crown of thorns placed upon his head. They didn't know that he was going to go to a cross and die. And They didn't know anything about the resurrection. All they knew was at that moment in that time, Jesus was asking them for one hour. So we might could let the disciples slide for a moment because they didn't know exactly everything they knew that Jesus was a great man they knew that he was wonderful and they knew that he was a savior because he had told them that he was a savior and they knew that but they didn't know of all the other things that were that have not yet come at that moment so we could probably let them slide but here we are almost 2000 years later here we are and we know everything there is to know about Jesus Do we not? Because the Bible, the Word of God, there's four Gospels written about the life of Jesus. And then when you take that and you look at the other references throughout the rest of the Bible made towards Jesus, we know a lot about Jesus. We know a lot about his life. We know a lot about what all the authors of the Bible wrote about Jesus Christ and we know how magnificent and how wonderful and how awesome he is and that he's the Son of God and that he's the King of kings and that he's the Lord of lords and that he was beaten. We know what he was going through. Because the Bible tells us the Bible tells us that that he would be betrayed The Bible tells us that he would be beaten The Bible tells us that he would be hung on a cross The Bible tells us that he would breathe his last breath, and he would say it is finished The Bible tells us that he rose from the grave the Bible tells us that he's coming again We understand and we know what the Bible tells us about Jesus and we know more at this point in our life than what the disciples knew at that point in their life when Jesus said, can you spare me one hour? Can you give me just one hour? That's all I'm asking for. And so I believe that today God is asking us, Jesus is asking us, can you give me just one hour of your week just one hour that's all I want I'm not needing an hour a day I'm not needing an hour of your life of uh, of of your of your uh every waking minute I just need one hour one hour a week will be enough for me I just want you to spend some time with me I just want you to to make that time with me whatever it may be. And see, so I believe that we should be willing to give up an hour even more so than what the disciples were willing to give up for the simple fact is we know Jesus. We know who Jesus is. We know what he did for us. We know the life that he gave up so that you and I could have eternal life. We know the life that he was willing to sacrifice and because we know that, we should say, Lord, here's my hour, And God, not just one hour, but take two if you want. Because if you're willing to go to the cross and die on a cross for me and give up your life for me, then I should be willing to sacrifice an hour of my life, an hour of my schedule for you. You you give it to me. You tell me what you want me to do. I'll sacrifice an hour. I'll give up that hour for you. We know who Jesus is. The Bible tells me so. So here's the challenge. This week, starting this week, I challenge you to commit an hour of worship, an hour of personal devotion, and an hour of service each week. That's my challenge to you. Now, I believe that if you come to church on Sunday or Wednesday or both. There's your hour of worship, at least. That's not even counting the time that you could do at home. Just coming to church. We've been here, it's uh eleven thirty-eight right now. We started service at ten thirty. We've been here over an hour. Congratulations, you've already fulfilled your one hour of worship of being in God's house, coming here, worshiping the Father. Now, an hour of service. If you have any job during the the uh, at church during the week, like greeting or food pantry or uh, helping with youth, helping with kids. Whatever you may do, you can fulfill your hour pretty easily with service. And it don't have to be just service here in the church. It could be service outside the church. Maybe other areas that you're volunteering, that you're doing it out of the kindness of your heart. You're doing it with the heart that God has given you to do, and God has asked you to do that kind of service. There's an hour of service that you can accomplish. And the last one is an hour of personal devotion. Now, I know that sometimes it's, it, it, it seems like, man, I just don't have enough time in the day. But this is something that you may have to work on. Some of you, you'll have no problem. Man, you've already done this today, maybe. Maybe you got this morning, you spent an hour in prayer and Bible reading and just getting ready to come to service. Some of us don't do that. But think about it this way. If you take Monday through Saturday, that's six days, and you take one hour, which is 60 minutes, and all you have to do is spend 10 minutes a day, and you've spent one hour in personal devotion with God for the week. That's all it takes, 10 minutes a day. That's not even a full sitcom. Maylee used to always ask us in time uh, TV shows that she watched she she watched iCarly when she was younger and that's how she would relate time things she would say well how many iCarly episodes is that would she not and it was always like well it's four iCarly episodes they were 30 minutes apiece I'd say well it's four iCarly oh okay and so she knew exactly how long it would take to get wherever we were going that's how she associated it with that's how she would know 10 minutes a day is less than a TV show there's some commercials that last more than 10 minutes you know <laughs> but 10 minutes a day it's all it takes get up in the mornings say Lord today I love you I care for you I praise you for how wonderful magnificent you are God help me to get through this day help me to be the best person that I can possibly be help me to serve you with all of my heart with all of my life Pick up your Bible, read it for five minutes. If you pray for five minutes and read your Bible for five minutes a day, Monday through Saturday, you can accomplish one hour of personal devotion time. So that's our challenge. Think about how much time we give to other things in our life. Just think about it for a moment. How much How many hours a week do you watch TV? How many hours a week do you play on the computer? How many hours a week do you spend on your relationships? How many hours a week do you spend doing housework? I don't know about you, but I would rather be spending an hour talking to God than doing housework, amen? (laughs) Amen? I mean, why not start the day off by praying, God, you know I've got this housework to do. And if you could please send your angels down to take care of all the housework, it will sure help me out, you know? (laughs) Amen. You know, who knows? God may have an angel come knock on your door. Hello, maid service. (laughs) You know? Can I fluff your pillow, you know? (laughs) You never know, right? What time do we give to God? Now, sure, none of these things are bad things, but we spend time on them because we want to do them. You say, I don't want to do housework. But you have to do housework, right? We want to make sure it looks good. And some people enjoy housework. But we do these things because we want to do them. Jesus said to his disciples, could you not give me just one hour? Just one. And I believe that he is asking that of you today. Do you have an hour to spare? Do you have an hour to spare? I want to close with an article written by a man named... Monty Unger I don't know who he is. There's no point in asking. me. I just found this article. I liked it and so I thought I'd share it with you Uh, It was written in a publication called Navlog in January of 1975. So this is very old But this is what it says How often have you talked with someone on the telephone who seemed to be in a hurry and wanted to get on with more important business Or visited with someone on the street and received that same hurried feeling you've undoubtedly experienced it and and didn't enjoy it and perhaps you have also been guilty of this if you have why not decide to tithe time save up chunks bits and pieces of it and give them away to people who interrupt your pre-established plans is a gate is it is a great principle of love that people don't interrupt not really perhaps there shouldn't even be such a word as interrupt for when people come into your existence even for a brief time that is a wonderful moment of experience for both of you relish it probe it invest some of the time you have tithed we can't afford to indulge in the luxury of being too busy and important for another person We have time for such inanimate things as pieces of mail, vast, sprawling shopping centers, the television program which starts at 7.30. But what about relationships with people? Isn't that a great deal of what life is all about, loving other people? Remember Jesus? how he raced about hurrying from one city to another collecting great crowds on the way to give them a few minutes of hurried heaven data then dashing on to the next place no that is not the picture of jesus the new testament gives he had time for people in a crowd a woman touched his robe lots of people were probably pushing against him touching his robe but he discerned the urgency in this particular touch he stopped taking valuable time for this interruption his disciples were full of firing computer like efficiency they wanted to get on with the task of getting something done even if they didn't always know what that something was Once, a bunch of small, grimy-fingered kids came along and wanted to climb on the master's lap. Get those kids out of here, thought the goal-oriented disciples. No, let them stay. Let's enjoy them, and let them enjoy us, thought the true goal-oriented man from heaven who knew and expressed the great worth of the individual. The next time a person interrupts you, Think not of your work or your deadlines. Rather, think of that person's needs, of his covert compliment in desiring to spend a few moments with you. Your meeting may be a significant point in each of your lives because it is an encounter with another person God has created. You may impart something crucial to his fulfillment, or he to yours. Paul prayed. May God, who gives patience, steadiness, and encouragement, help you to live in complete harmony with each other, each with the attitude of Christ toward the other. Romans 15, verse 5. Are you caught up on your time tithe? Again, my question to you is do you have an hour to spare? Do you have an hour to spare? Can you give Jesus just one hour, one hour a week? That's all he's asking, 10 minutes a day. And I promise you it'll be the best hour you ever spent of your life. I promise you if you take that first hour and give it to God, then I promise you the rest of those hours will seem like, man, I was able to get everything accomplished that I wanted to accomplish today. Could you spare just one hour Just one hour for the master. Let's pray.